Be inspired, supported, and empowered. This is the Global Healthy Living Foundation Podcast Network. Diagnosis of mental health takes a while. It's a trial and error time period where healthcare professionals work with patients to find the best therapies for them. Simply to change a formulary and substitute patients off of a drug that has worked for them and force them to take something different for the sole purpose of fattening the bottom line of the pharmacy benefit management companies and insurance companies is criminal. Welcome back to Healthcare Matters, the podcast that pulls back the curtain to help you make sense of complex healthcare economics and policy issues. As always, I'm joined by my partner in crime, Dr. Robert Popovian in Washington, D.C. He's a pharmacist, economist, and chief science policy officer at the Global Healthy Living Foundation. And across the country in Seattle, Washington, he's Connor Mertens, patient advocate and community outreach manager at the Global Healthy Living Foundation, and one of the biggest patient advocates that you can ever come across. And as we get into season two of the podcast, we'll be covering even more ground on what you need to know about healthcare economics and policies. But before we get started, we want to make sure that you listen to the other great podcasts on the GHLF Podcast Network. This week, you should check out Getting Clear on Psoriasis with host David Brandt. It's a podcast series about what it takes to live better with psoriasis from experts who treat it and the patients who live with it. And as you know, you can find all of those at ghlf.org slash listen. All right, let's take a look at a comment from one of these listeners. Tim writes, I love this podcast. It cuts through the noise and simplifies healthcare issues in an easy, digestible portions. Keep it up. Thanks for your review. We invite you too to go to Apple Podcasts and write a positive review and leave an honest five-star rating. And wherever you're listening, whether it's Apple or Spotify or the rest, make sure to click that subscribe button so you'll never miss an episode. And Robert, as you know, this is the second of our two-part episode series on non-medical switching. In our last episode, we examined how it could be harmful to patients and what they can do to protect themselves. So in this episode, we're actually going to be diving into non-medical switching and how it can impact patients who live with mental health conditions, which is a very important topic. But Robert, before we do that, can you remind us what non-medical switching is? Non-medical switching is a policy that's been implemented by the insurance companies and pharmacy benefit management companies for the sole purposes of fattening their bottom line. This is a policy that forces patients to be switched from therapies that has been working for them, especially chronic disease patients that have been on therapies for long periods of time. And the intention is for pharmacy benefit management companies and insurers to make more money. And this policy is detrimental, especially to patients who suffer from chronic diseases and to healthcare professionals who are trying to take care of them. It's especially detrimental to folks living with mental health conditions as well. And so that's why I think this is a particularly important conversation we're having in the context of the growing mental health crisis in our country. Americans reported depression symptoms at a rate of three times higher than pre-COVID. What else do we know about this ongoing problem or growing problem? It is a growing problem and it's gotten worse over the last two years since the pandemic started. Another data point is like, for example, 53% of college students experienced depression during the fall semester of 2020. And that hits close to home to me because I have a college student that spent her first year virtually at home and has definitely shown some signs and symptoms of depression. But there are other issues. It's not just about college students. It's also for people who were diagnosed with COVID. For example, a study in Lancet Psychiatry found that substantial neurological psychiatric morbidity six months post 
after diagnosis of a patient with COVID-19. We're embarking in an era that we're going to see a lot of mental health issues, especially with regards to depression and anxiety, not only among our younger population and college students and high school students and so on and teenagers, but also individuals who have been diagnosed with COVID this last two years. What we do know is that patients with depression who lose access to their effective treatment can experience significantly adverse effects, including recurrence of depression symptoms, depression-related hospitalizations, increased risks of suicide. To kind of better understand this, I think of my friend, a patient that we work with, Rebecca, who was stable for so long on one medication and then, I don't want to call it simple, but there was a change in the formulary right in the middle of the year and it forced her off. And immediately she started to feel the effects because she no longer could afford her medications. And when that happens, what this really does is it truly impacts the patient journey and the patient relationship with their doctor. The doctor wants and knows what they need to be stable and have a healthy lifestyle. It's really dangerous. So Robert, as a healthcare professional, what's your opinion of that? Does that make any sense to you? It makes sense to me what happened to Rebecca. What it doesn't make sense to me is that these insurance companies and the pharmacy benefit management companies are really taking advantage of vulnerable patients who have mental health issues. Diagnosis of mental health, and I'm sure if you talk to Rebecca, Connor will tell you, takes a while. It's a trial and error time period where healthcare professionals work with patients to find the best therapies for them simply to change a formulary and substitute patients off of a drug that has worked for them. And it's a drug that their healthcare provider, their healthcare professional has worked with that patient to identify and force them to take something different for the sole purpose of fattening the bottom line of the pharmacy benefit management companies and insurance companies is criminal, in my opinion. And it's something that needs to be called out. And it's something that hopefully you working with individuals like Rebecca can bring attention to legislators who need to start banning these type of practices for all patients who suffer from chronic diseases, but especially for those who suffer from mental health disorders. It really does seem like that. It just seems absolutely unconsciousable that Without explanation, folks can be kicked off of something that is doing life-saving work. That other study that we were just talking about where patients with depression who were switched to different SSRI medications, which is their antipsychotics and whatnot, for non-medical reasons after being stable on them, they actually used more resources and had higher healthcare costs within three months of the switch. And that can be anything from hospital visit or emergency mental health services. This has such a broad impact on folks. For people like Rebecca, what can I tell them? What can we do about these issues? Rebecca needs to work with individuals like you. She needs to start participating and actively working with organizations like Global Healthy Living Foundation who are out there trying to change and implement laws that forbid this type of practice in the state level. And that's the best way to combat this, for patients to become educated, seek out information from individuals like yourself and from organizations such as Global Healthy Living Foundation, and become advocates that can then advocate for changes on the state and on the federal level that prohibits this type of activity. Well, I know it is encouraging that there is some states that are taking action against these practices. Can you tell us more about that? What kind of legislation is happening? Is there anything federally? Federally, unfortunately, like everything else, is in a stalemate. It seems like we've put everything aside on the federal level 
and we're not going to deal with healthcare or any other policy issues except for a handful of topics that are sort of topical at this time. But on the state level, as always, states have taken a leadership position in helping patients. And so far to date, about 10 states have enacted policies to protect and stable patients from mid-year coverage switches. And this is the most important thing, Connor, and we touched on it on the last episode. When a patient signs up for an insurance plan, they sign up for the plan year. The plan year is a 12-month period. And they have every right to stay on the medicine that has been designated to them that is available in the beginning of the plan year all the way through the end. And that's what these initiatives are trying to accomplish, is to forbid changes that occur during the plan year, except for a couple of exceptions, like if there is a generic available, for example, of that product then that's fine. But it's trying to forbid patients from being switched during that plan year because it is so detrimental to them. In addition, they have signed up for an insurance plan and a formulary that should keep them stable for the throughout that time. And that's what those state initiatives are trying to do and protect patients. But you know, the difficulty is that a lot of insurance companies and pharmacy benefit management companies thumb their nose at the Affordable Care Act and some of the protections that has provided patients and ignore them. And unfortunately, legislators and policymakers are not keeping an eye on that and they're not enforcing the laws that are in the books. Again, patients need to become advocates for themselves. And I'm hoping Rebecca and individuals like her reach out to you and talk to you and you help them out and know that Global Healthy Living Foundation is standing behind them as patients. Couldn't agree more, Robert. And what I think has to happen, and this is something that we advocate frequently, which is why this topic of non-medical switching has come up before, but payers need to maintain broad and consistent and and stable access to the most effective mental health treatments. There's no ifs, ands, or buts, full stop. And in addition to that, we have to be empowering healthcare providers to make the best treatment choices for their patients. We know that with better shared decision-making with healthcare providers, then we see better outcomes. And Robert, you know how this goes. We want to make sure you get the last word in here. What should folks know? We are going through a very interesting time period in our lives with this pandemic. We know that this pandemic has exposed patients to a lot of mental health crises, and every family has been affected by it. My family has been affected. Healthcare professionals work with patients actively to find the best drugs for them, especially those that suffer from chronic diseases. And those patients have every right to stay on those medicines. Especially, they have every right to stay on those medicines during the plan year. There should not be any bait and switch protocols and policies in place, and those policies should be forbidden. And our policymakers should enforce laws that are in the books to ensure that takes place. We are especially cognizant that at this time, mental health issues are on the rise, and they will continue to be on the rise. And for us as a society, we need to make sure that our patients feel safe, and they're being effectively treated with the most effective therapy that has been chosen for them by the healthcare professional again. Patients, and I'm talking directly to them, and individuals like Rebecca that you've mentioned, they need to become advocates. They need to work with individuals such as yourself, Connor. Seek out individuals like yourself and organizations such as Global Healthy Living Foundation and ensure that they're advocating for policies that forbid these type of bait and switch policies in place that are, in other words, known as non-medical switching. Non-medical switching doesn't do anything for patients, doesn't do anything to help a healthcare system. All it does, it benefits the insurers and the pharmacy benefit management companies, bottom line. And they need to be stopped. 
and they specifically need to be stopped for patients suffering from chronic diseases, especially chronic diseases that impact mental health. Connor, I hope we all learned something from today's episode. We really sincerely hope to hear from you about this episode and other episodes of Healthcare Matters. Please send your email or audio clip to healthcarematters at ghlf.org. And thanks for sticking with us for these past two episodes. And if you haven't heard the last one, make sure you check it out. We hope that you have a better understanding of non-medical switching and, and how it hurts patients, what they can do about it, and how it impacts those living with mental health conditions. But as always, thanks for listening to Healthcare Matters, a podcast that pulls back the curtain to help you make sense of complex healthcare economics and policy issues. We invite you to go to Apple Podcasts and leave an honest five-star rating and write one of those positive reviews. It's going to keep helping people like you find people like us. And wherever you're listening to the podcast, Apple, Spotify, or the rest, make sure you click that subscribe button so you'll never miss an episode. As always, he's Dr. Robert Popovian, the man with a plan. And he's Connor Mertens one of the best patient advocates that I've come across. See you all next time. This episode is made possible with support from AbbVie, sponsor of the Global Healthy Living Foundation. Be inspired, supported, and empowered. This is the Global Healthy Living Foundation Podcast Network.